If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 15. Uh, this is an exciting passage, uh, just really uh, shockingly exciting uh, to me. Um, I remember reading this passage and just just kind of understanding um, the depth that Jesus is leading his disciples to and the things that he's unfolding. And it's my prayer that we will see and hear his voice this morning. And so we look um, Matthew 15, and I'll read the passage at length. Uh, and then um, and then share this morning. Matthew chapter 15. Then the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, 
saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their, their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with him the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So that the, crowded, the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus came, called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven, and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of broken pieces left over. Those who ate were 4,000 men, beside, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowd, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. The word of the Lord uh, for us today. Thanks be to God. So um, the most dangerous thing, what's the most dangerous thing that you do in a given day? Um, for me, uh, when I first came and moved to the Middle East, uh, a lot of people from my home country wondered, wow, are you safe? That's like their number one question. Is it safe over there? And I said, uh, yes, it's extremely safe. I mean, I can walk out at night, um, especially being a male. Um, it's really safe for me to be here in Kuwait. Um, but one thing that I consider not safe is driving. Um, and I, I tell people the most dangerous thing I do is probably driving in Kuwait. Um, now, for two years, I didn't drive. I, I walked and took buses and taxis and, and friends, many of you. Uh, I spent time, time in, in some of your cars. Um, thank you for the rides. Uh, but one thing I notice here is that driving is, is, is really different than in the States. Um, in the States, they tell you in driver's school when you're a teenager, um, we start driving at like 15, 16, uh, we get our license. They tell you, keep your eyes on the road, <laughs> look down far away, uh, be a defensive driver. And so I've carried some of those principles with me. And they also tell you about your blind spot. They tell you, be careful. Um, even if you look in your mirrors, there could be someone next to you because there's a blind spot. There's a spot that you can't see. And so what I've noticed here in Kuwait is I use my mirrors far more than I look through the, the, 
the, the glass in front of me. I'm not looking far down the, the road. I'm actually looking in my rear view mirror, my two side mirrors. I'm constantly watching the cars behind me. And those who drive here, you all understand why. But blind spots, blind spots. So today, um, you got to think about it. Um, in chapter 14, Jesus reveals himself with two astonishing miracles. And these miracles are um, the, the feeding of the 5,000 uh, and Jesus walks on the water. And these miracles are so astonishing. They are, they are essentially Jesus is showing us. He's showing his disciples. Um, I am God in the flesh and I am here among you. And so Jesus feeds a crowd of 5,000, and, and remember, plus women and children, um, thousands of people, and he walks on the water. And what he says on the water, he says, take heart. They were terrified. They were in fear. Take heart. It is I. In, in the original language, uh, in Greek, it means uh, essentially I, I am. And so Jesus is echoing uh, God in the Old Testament, the burning bush, he reveals himself to his disciples in such a distinct way. And he says, do not be afraid. So much so that wherever Jesus is, there's no need for fear to be. He calms their hearts, he calms the storm, and they worship him. And they say in verse 23, truly you are the son of God. Well, after this, the disciples go um, and they cross over. Um, and it says in verse 34, when they had crossed over, they came to a land called Gennesaret. And when, when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So Jesus is so powerful that he feeds, he feeds thousands with a little boy's lunch. Um, he's so powerful that he walks on water. Um, who could this be? Truly, this is the Son of God. And the word spread. And so it spreads so far that it gets to Jerusalem. And the Pharisees and scribes hear about it. It says in 15, verse 1, that they come and find Jesus. They're like, wow. And so I imagine that, that they heard there's a man who fed thousands of people and there's a man who, uh, you know, the disciples perhaps have spread that, you know, he walked on water. Um, but nevertheless, what definitely has been spreading is he's healing the multitudes. And so they want to come and find out. So, so if you heard this about Jesus, and we have, as we've been walking with him through this gospel, what question would you ask him <laughs> at this point? Um, how about, who are you? <laughs> and in fact, that's the question the disciples asked in the last storm. Do you remember that? In, in chapter 8, they said the wind and the waves, he was sleeping in the boat, he was tired. Um, Jesus is a man, uh, but he's, he's also the son of God. And so they asked the question, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And they answer his question here in 14, truly you are the son of God. But the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, they come and they ask the wrong questions. And so they have a blind spot. Um, and those who are spiritually blind always, are almost always, ask the wrong questions. And so they come and they ask him about washing hands. Did you wash your hands properly? 
Um, did you sing happy birthday to you and wash your hands for 20 seconds? Um, no. Their tradition, though, of the elders, they would accumulated all these oral traditions for hundreds of years. And in fact, these uh, traditions were put into a, a collection in the year 200 AD called the Mishnah. Uh, but up until this point, it was just oral traditions. And they ask him, why do your disciples, not even Jesus, they don't, they don't even ask him a question about who you are or what are you doing. They, they ask about his disciples. Why do your disciples break the traditions? And, and, he, and they say explicitly, they're not washing their hands before they eat. And so the other gospel accounts explain that they washed everything. So they washed their, their cups, the copper cups. They even washed, the, washed their sofas, their couches. And um, why they would do this, I've heard uh, before that perhaps they're thinking, um, this is ritual purity, and they're thinking perhaps there's a speck of dust uh, that floated in the air, landed on something here, and that dust touched a Gentile, um, and so we have to make sure everything's clean, and so that we are just properly uh, in relationship with God before we eat. Well, Jesus doesn't even answer their question so we're talking about traditions, we're talking about truth, and we're talking about the table of the king. And if you, if you, you notice here, these, these blind um, guides, <laughs> Jesus calls them. And in fact, in, in Matthew 23, uh, Jesus calls them, uh, sorry, Matthew 23, he calls them blind guides again. And he, in verse 17, calls them blind fools blind fools. Jesus is really direct with them. He doesn't answer their question, but rather goes and penetrates deeper. And he says, why do you, for the sake of your traditions, uh, teaching uh, as doctrines the commandments of men? Why are you um, making void the word of God for the sake of your traditions? Verse 6. So traditions can be, um, that, that's the second point, spiritually blind people trust in uh, unscriptural traditions uh, in unhealthy ways. So they have accumulated all these traditions, all of these ways of relating to God um, in a very legalistic way. They made these laws, but they trust in their traditions. Um, they're asking the wrong questions, trusting their traditions. Now, now Jesus is not against tradition. Um, he's not like Abraham had no tradition, uh, Moses had no tradition, so my tradition is I have no tradition. Um, traditions are only bad when they uh, stand in the way or make void the Word of God. And so we all have traditions. Um, our tradition is to speak in English and to sing in English. But there are different churches, international churches around the world that sing in multiple languages. And so we have different traditions. We, we have 20 centuries of history, of church history, and many things in the, in the history of the, of, the, of the church are servants of the word and traditions that help us um, not to nullify the, the word of God, but to uplift and clarify and apply the word of God. So Jesus isn't against traditions, but he is calling out their hearts and showing them that they've trusted in their tradition so much that they're not obeying the word of God. And specifically, he says commandment five, 
of the Ten Commandments. They're not honoring their, their father and their mother. What are they doing? They're saying, when I die, I'm going to save up all this money and I'm going to give it to the temple. And that money goes to God. And when they were doing this, mom and dad, they were sick. They needed some soup. And they said, sorry, my money is stored up for God. I'm not, I'm not going to um, take care of my father or my mother. And so Jesus calls them out. And he says, actually, the, the Old Testament calls you out as well. This uh, prophecy from Isaiah um, chapter 29, he says, this people honors me with their lips. They're always talking about, uh, about God, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. So finally, um, bl- those who are spiritually blind ask the wrong questions. Um, and I don't know about you, if you've ever been sharing the gospel with someone uh, about the death and, and, and resurrection of Jesus, and then they, they just ask some obscure uh, question that's just irrelevant to, to the main point. Keep the main thing the main thing. But spiritually blind people ask the wrong questions, trust in unscriptural traditions that take away from the Word of God, and consider defilement or, or being unclean or not right with God uh, as an external, and so as not a matter of the heart. And that's what Jesus enters into next. He talks about, and, and, and notice in verse 10, he says, hear and understand, hear and understand. Um, these are words for disciples, um, and it's essential for us to hear and understand that understand the teachings of Jesus. It's almost like a new Shema um, in the synagogue. They would say, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." Jesus is saying, "Hear and understand," and he he answers the question only to his disciples in verse twenty. What defiles a person? It's not. It's not. Uh, unwashed hands that does not uh, defile anyone but rather the heart and Jesus goes through and he says here um, essentially commandment 6 7 8 9 and possibly 10 of the 10 commandments he said what what it's not what goes into the body but what comes out of the heart that defiles a person commandment 6 is thou shall not murder 7 don't commit adultery um, uh, eight, uh, stealing, nine, false witness, uh, possibly 10, which is coveting, evil thoughts. Um, and Jesus also adds sexual immorality and slander. All these come out of the heart. And so um, Peter sees this as a parable, and he asks Jesus to explain it. And Jesus says, are you also still without understanding? And he explains the parable before them. Jesus says really strong language here. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. And if we remember what John the Baptist said, he's got the axe. It's laid to the root. He's going to cut it and burn him in the throat in the fire. And he calls them blind guides. The blind are leading the blind. Both fall into a pit. So... For us, we're looking for an example um, of faith. Don't look at the Pharisees and scribes. They have no faith. Uh, But where can we look? 
Jesus, at this time, and this is, this is so exciting, he leaves and goes north uh, some maybe 35, I can't remember exactly how many miles, um, kilometers, but a considerable distance he goes north to Tyre and Sidon. That's a Gentile region. In fact, uh, Matthew says, he doesn't say Syrophoenician, a, a person from Phoenicia or Syria. He says a, a Canaanite woman. So this is Old Testament language. These are the enemies of God's people. And Jesus goes up there and John's gospel kind of gives us a little insight. In John chapter 7, verse 1, it says that Jesus left the region of the south and went up north. And the reason for that, it says he would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. And so Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, he lost his head for the sake of the kingdom. He was beheaded. And now Jesus is under threat uh, from these religious leaders. And he goes to a place of their historic enemies. And so as he goes up there, this is the place where Jezebel was from, and she introduced Baal worship to the people of God. Um, and so these Jewish religious leaders uh, come to Jesus, seek him out, and, and attack him with a question. But here we see a Gentile region and a woman there's two huge barriers because uh, Jewish men didn't talk to women that were not in their family and rabbis didn't talk to women. And so, um, and she's a Gentile. But, but both barriers are broken down. And this is quite a, a puzzling passage, I think, to modern ears, but it would also be puzzling to the disciples as well. Uh, when Jesus encounters this woman, she is crying out. She comes to him and she says, have mercy on me, O son of David, which is amazing. She's a Gentile, but she calls him by the Jewish, the highest Jewish term, son of David. She's heard the stories. She's, she's heard that he's the Messiah and she calls him son of David. And she says she has a great need. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Well, um, it, Jesus' response, his first response, is, is, uh, is puzzling. He's silent. And so notice with this woman, um, in contrast to these Jewish leaders, she is insistent on the person of Jesus. And then notice her posture and finally her persistence. Three times she just engages with Jesus. So she says, this is who you are. You're the son of David. And her need is her daughter is severely demon oppressed. And then next, uh, he is silent. And then the disciples beg him. I wonder who was begging more, her or the disciples. Send her away, for she's crying out after us. They're probably annoyed or frustrated, which exp expresses what's in their heart, right? Because Jesus said, um, how do we know what's in our hearts? How do we know? And he says that whatever is in the heart um, comes out of the mouth. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And so the words of these disciples show what's in their hearts, and our words show what's in our hearts as well. And they're like, send her away. You know, get, let's get rid of her. 
And Jesus, uh, again, it's just puzzling me the way that he engages with her. Verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she comes back, but, but she came and knelt before him. Her posture, one of kneeling before the Son of God, before the Son of David. Lord, help me. Peter's prayer, Lord, save me. Her prayer, Lord, help me. And he responds again with this puzzling uh, response. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So um, the Jews often thought of the Gentiles as dogs. Um, and many, many people, um, it's, it's a terrible term. Uh, many people thought of the worst possible animal was pig, and just above that was dog. But when Jesus says this to her, he's not using the term that was the derogatory term that was used in that day. He calls her um, not like a street dog is the word they would use. She, he calls her um, like a domestic, like little dog, uh, precious puppy or something like that. Um, and so Jesus is using this play on words and she understands and he understands and he's not, he's not an insulting her. But he says, she says to him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall at the master's table. And he is blown away. And he says she has great faith. And there's only a few people in the Gospels, and they're all Gentiles, who have great faith. The last one we heard of was in chapter 8, and that was a Roman centurion. And he said, just say the word. You don't have to come to my house. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, coming to the table, <laughs> the, the Pharisees, the um, Jewish religious leaders, come with their tradition and this woman comes seeking the truth and she speaks the truth you are the son of david i have a great need and and he says to her but my mission is to come to my own people i'm the king of the jews not the king of the they don't call me the king of the gentiles so jesus had a an earthly mission to fulfill and that was to be the jewish messiah and fulfill that mission and he said, it's not right for me to deter from my mission and, and go to you. I'm interpreting these, these words um, here, this exchange. But she says, yes, that's right. But just let me have the leftovers. Let me have the, cr the crumbs, and it's enough. Uh, I don't need you to stop what you're doing. Keep doing your mission. Um, uh, keep going with what you're, what you're doing. But let me just have the leftovers, and it's enough. And he is, says, wow. And, and, her, and she, her daughter was instantly healed. Now many crowds come and they have great need. And the thing that, that's overwhelming, the second half of this chapter, Gentiles, Gentiles, Gentiles. Jesus is with his disciples who are probably extremely uncomfortable being in Gentile regions. They've never been around Gentiles before. And he is spreading the kingdom of God there. And as he's in this Gentile region, many people come who are sick 
And this region is the Decapolis. Um, we have to go to Mark's gospel to find exactly where this is. Um, but he tells us, he went up to Tyre and Sidon, over across the mountains, down the river. And so it seems like he's intentionally avoiding uh, any place that he'd been before. <laughs> and in the next chapter, he'll go to Caesarea Philippi, which is a, a pagan, pagan place with lots of idolatry. Talk about that next week. But he's in a Gentile region, and he's doing the same things. He's healing the sick. He's healing the blind. The mute are speaking. They're coming to his feet, and he healed them. And they're in wonder. And it says in verse 31, which also helps us understand it's a, a Gentile region, they glorified the God of Israel. That's their testimony. So finally, there's a, a feeding of the 4,000. And I don't know about you, but I, but I, I, I forget this like every time. Um, I'm like, how is this different? And how is this the same as the 5,000? Didn't Jesus just do this with another crowd? The thing that is extremely different is these are m mostly, if not all, Gentiles. Gentiles. So Jesus is the bread of life, and he gives himself, and he feeds the 5,000, the Jewish crowd. And now he's in a Gentile region. And there's 4,000 men, and he gives and provides for them. And he says the same thing, my heart is one of compassion. And so Jesus is for everyone. So what is, um, what's the question we need to be asking? As we read our Bibles, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult book. There, we have 66 books written throughout 1,500 years. Um, how does this all make sense? It, it's, uh, it's very possible and easy for us to, to get boggled down in certain things and to get distracted. But the number one question we need to be asking is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And secondly, what questions, what questions are we asking of Jesus? You know, who is Jesus? But um, our questions are quite revealing. Are they trivial questions like these uh, blind guides? Or are we asking questions um, that flow from a heart like this Canaanite woman? Third, um, what words are coming out of our hearts? Uh, all of us <laughs> fall short of the glory of God. And if we want to know how our hearts are, we can look at our words. And so what we, what we tremendously need um, is clean hands, uh, to understand this, that clean hands are not the mediator between God and man. It's not about what we do, uh, our, our um, performance, our relating to the law um, directly. Clean hands are not the mediator between God and man. Jesus is. Uh, through the Holy Spirit, we need Jesus to give us, and this all comes from Scripture, broken and contrite hearts, uh, circumcised hearts, Romans 2, clean hearts, uh, Hebrews 10, pure hearts, 1 Peter 1, new hearts, um, Ezekiel 36, sincere hearts, Ephesians 3, and we need to obey from the heart, Deuteronomy 11, so that we might have Christ dwell in our hearts through faith. Ephesians 3. So what cleanses? <laughs> it's not water. <laughs> it's Christ. 
um, his righteousness, his purity, his perfect, perfectly clean hands that were pierced on the cross for us, his head um, that was crowned with thorns, his heart that stopped beating for us. Dwelling in our hearts, we need faith, faith in Christ, in his crucifixion and his resurrection. And so as we look at this passage, we see that Jesus is king of the Jews, but he's also for everyone. And so as, as disciples, the disciples have been walking with Jesus for, uh, they, they have, they spend four months in this Gentile region. Um, they've been with Jesus for well over half his ministry now. And as disciples, we, we see that uh, Jesus came for everyone. Um, he came for everyone. Everyone who comes to him, he will not turn out. He will not turn away anyone uh, who comes to him in faith, Jew and Gentile. And so um, this really prepares the disciples to understand. He, Jesus is teaching them the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. You mean even the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles. Um, God's unfolding plan. And so as we walk with Jesus, he, he reveals to us um, the deep things of God and what he's doing in the world. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your word. Um, thank you that you give us examples of faith uh, in the Bible. You give us examples like Abraham. Uh, you give us examples like Job. Um, you give us examples like this woman, uh, Canaanite woman. And you spread a table in the desert um, and you provide for, for our needs. And, and you satisfy for the Jew and you satisfy the Gentile. And, and that is the good news of your gospel that you came. Um, uh, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God for ho those who believe first for the Jew and then also for the Gentile. And so we pray that you would help us uh, with our hearts. Jesus, cleanse our hearts, um, wash them clean. Thank you that you died on the cross for all of our words that come out of our hearts that are not pure. And help us by faith just to come to you. Would you wash us clean, make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.